Welcome to The Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to turn to the book of Joel. Joel is the second minor prophet after the book of Hosea. There are 12 minor prophets, and then it's the end of the Old Testament. So we're getting down to the end of the Old Testament. Of course, the minor prophets are in contrast to the major prophets, which we studied just before the minor prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah. Ezekiel and Daniel. Of course, the main difference, as we've said, is that the major prophets tend to be much longer and the minor prophets are shorter and a little bit narrower in scope. There are a few interesting components of the book of Joel that are unique compared to other minor prophets. One is that we don't know exactly when Joel was written. Many of the other prophets mention kings that were in power and historical timeline elements that give you an idea of when it was written. There's not a lot of that in Joel. Uh, scholars believe it was written sometime between the 9th and the 4th centuries BC. And I think we'd have to land on it being at least later than 586 BC. Of course, that's when the exile to Babylon happened. The people of Judah were exiled, and that's the conquest of Jerusalem. The reason we think it's after that is because those things are mentioned in chapter 3 as having happened already. So it would have to be sometime in the 500s BC, probably that Joel was written when he ministered or later. Also, there's no clarity about exactly where he ministered, whether it was to the northern kingdom or the southern kingdom. We believe that it was probably the southern kingdom because of the mention of Jerusalem, but that's not as clear as it is in other prophets. And one other thing that's not clear is what specific sin or sins God is using Joel to call the people of Israel out for. You know, in Hosea that we just finished, their sin was the worship of Baal or the worship of false gods. And there's no such clarity in the book of Joel. So in that sense, when you consider these three things, it's a little bit of a timeless book. It's a book that you could almost fit on the historical timeline in Israel's history at any time in terms of relevance, because it's general enough or generic enough that it would fit at many different times. And in that sense, maybe it's a book that we ought to have an easier time applying to our own lives because it leaves some open-endedness as far as specific sins that need to be repented for, etc., etc. I'll just tell you real honestly, I have not spent much time in the book of Joel. And so I'm not an expert here, but I have read and studied and listened and watched lately getting ready for this. And uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff here that I would have otherwise missed or passed over. And I hope to share some some of that with you in the next couple few days, however long we're in this book. And you and I can learn together uh, the book of Joel. So we're going to read verses 1 through 7 today. And then we'll set up the rest of the uh, book in the next day or two or three, however long we're here. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. Now, one interesting thing about Joel, it's two Hebrew words. Joe in Hebrew is Yahweh, which is the Lord, and El is God. And so Joel's name means the Lord is God. So right there with his name, he's making quite a statement, and that's kind of cool. He says, hear this, you elders, give ear, all inhabitants of the land. Has such a thing happened in your days or in the days of your fathers? Tell your children of it and let your children tell their children and their children to another generation. So he's just saying, hey, something huge happened here and we need to tell 
future generations about it. So what is this huge thing that happened? Well, here it is. What is what the cutting locust left, the swarming locust has eaten, what the swarming locust left, the hopping locust has eaten, and what the hopping locust left, the destroying locust has eaten. In other words, there is a literal invasion of locusts. And this is significant, I mean, not just because it was a devastating thing that would have wiped out the agricultural economy, but it's significant in the fact that it's locusts. This isn't horses. This isn't butterflies. This isn't mice. This is locusts. And for the people of God, the people of Israel, at least two different things would have jumped into their minds when they hear locusts. First of all, maybe this jumps into your mind too. God used locusts as one of the plagues to deliver the people of Israel from slavery in Egypt. And in that account, when that happened, it says that the Lord blew the wind and the locusts came to Egypt, devastated the land, And then when their work was done, the wind came again and blew them out to the sea. In other words, these locusts were the instrument of God to bring justice to Pharaoh in Egypt. And so these people know that God has it well within his capacity and his character to use locusts to bring about justice or to send a message or to punish or whatever the case may be. The second thing is that in the Old Testament, when God is warning the people of Israel to follow him and obey his commands and obey the covenant, he's saying, if you don't do this, uh, locusts will come, as there's many things that could happen, punishments. But one of the things that can come is locusts to punish you for your unfaithfulness. So when the people see this devastating locust invasion, they're thinking God is up to something or punishing them. And Joel is kind of characterizing it this way or sharing it this way to open people's eyes and get them to listen to the rest of what he has to say. And so that's just kind of a device that he's using to communicate that. Here's what he says in verses five through seven. Awake you drunkards and weep and wail all you drinkers of wine because the sweet wine for it is cut off from your mouth. The reason it's cut off from their mouth because the locusts ate all the grapes, ate all the vineyards and there's no more sweet wine. So wake up drunkards. Not only is there no wine for you to kind of deal with the distress of a locust invasion, but you ought to be paying attention to this and waking up to, to hear what I have to say so we can understand what the Lord is up to. For a nation has come up against my land, powerful and beyond number. Its teeth are lion's teeth, and it has the fangs of a lioness. It has laid waste my vine and splintered my fig tree. It has stripped off their bark and thrown it down. Their branches are made white. And so here he's likening this locust invasion to a powerful nation. And not only have they literally stripped down the vines and splintered the fig trees. In other words, there's no fig trees, no vines, and a bunch of other things are torn up. But figuratively, in the Old Testament, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, there are other places where God refers to vineyard or vine and fig tree as representative of peace and prosperity. So Joel is setting up this circumstance where the peace and the prosperity of the people are being interrupted. And they're being interrupted not by just something random, but by something specific, locusts. And so he's setting up a situation where he's going to make it clear to them that God is judging them for their sin, punishing them for their sin. It's going to set up a call for repentance, and then it's going to set up a promise of God's restoration for those who repent. And this is familiar territory 
for the prophets. We've been there. We've heard this. And now we're hearing it again in a new way. Come join us again for the rest of Joel. Have a good day. The Daily Dose is a partnership between four ministries. First is Christian Crusaders, where you can find weekly 30-minute worship services at christiancrusaders.org, and where you can hear engaging interviews and other content on one of our three podcasts. Second is Fresh Wind Worship, whose weekly worship services are available on their YouTube channel, Fresh Wind Ministries, and linked to their Facebook page, Fresh Wind Worship. Third is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for our 100th annual conference on Saturday, July 31st through Saturday, August 7th in 2021. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies, our fourth partnering ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star review, and prayerfully consider financially supporting one of our partnering ministries. And check our episode notes for links and more details. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.